This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. And the pandemic hit us. I think they were, we were just struck on so many levels. How, in fact, it's been so challenging on an organisational, personal, and leadership level. So I'm really pleased to be here and talk to you about this. And you were, you know, in your article uh, that's published in Talent Talks as well. And if you you want me to go and read that, it's at talenttalks.net. You speak around how trust has been eroded during this time. How so? Absolutely. And this is what, what has struck me the most. I mean, on an organizational level, so many organizations are really grappling with how to pivot, how to transform with let alone digital transformation, but work from home arrangements and new markets or new supply chains. So really a sense of having to pivot and transform so rapidly that that put pressure on systems and leading leaders really as well spinning in how to manage these cut budgets or how to manage business as usual alongside transformation and their own anxiety or fear of the pandemic and working from home and how to manage new arrangements. And then on an individual level, that real sense of of loss and new uh, lack of boundaries or burnout and emotional exhaustion and mental challenges, just really as we face that loss and grief and fear every day. And what I've seen play out though is that as much as this is happening, work continues. And so we've got this, ironically, this dynamic of working 24-7, of wanting to keep our jobs, of wanting to perform, of wanting to manage it all, and really facing quite a precipice of exhaustion and depression and burnout. So much so that organizations are really, really looking at, at how do we do this? And many have been giving teams a week off just to catch their breath. The drive for performance and change is absolutely relentless as we try and save industries or jobs or organizations. I mean, it is, we can all feel it, the just incredible pace of change, the uncertainty that it's coupled with. And just, I suppose a lot of us just don't know what post-pandemic is going to look like. And, you know, I often listen to people on on interviews or on TV and everybody's already referring to post-pandemic, but we very much are still yeah. in it at the moment. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, We have no idea what this is going to to look like. And I think that level of uncertainty does lend itself to already breeding a lot of distrust um, as we go through it. And trust is such a such a delicate thing to to build. And essentially for me, it, it really is that cornerstone of psychological safety. Absolutely. Trust is so fragile. And at the moment, the trustworthiness, we've lost the sense perhaps of faith in our leaders being able to take us in a certain direction. We've lost maybe trust in organizations that have lost jobs and even ourselves. You know, that's, I think, the tragedy where we perhaps lose our own sense of confidence or even sense of capacity or self-efficacy to be able to just step up each day to manage these pressures. And the interesting thing with trust is that it that when trust is broken, you can think of it as a continuum, that when there's low trust or no trust, it doesn't necessarily mean you've gone into distrust. But at this stage, there's a lot of distrust. So we almost, if we think of a bank account, we are completely overdrawn what we've been demanding of ourselves and the organizations. So trust is in deficit. We are in distrust. But what is interesting about it, if you think of it as a spectrum, is that we can rebuild trust. But we know even in relationships where trust 
trust is broken. It takes extra commitment and extraordinary effort to even get up to a baseline, to get to that zero balance on our bank accounts of trust. And so as much as we want to really rebuild that openness and that candor and that sense of consistency and trustworthiness, that will get us to that baseline. And then to go to psychological safety means then that we're then putting in a different way of working, a different way of having continuous, open, frank, candid, and courageous conversations where we can then share on an ongoing basis how we are, what our uh, insights are, what our ideas are, what our criticisms are. And that then is building a psychologically safe way of working. But trust is that cornerstone, as you say. And when that's lost, it's that foundational element of, can I even trust myself? Can I trust my leaders or my manager? Can I trust this organization to have a sense of belonging, of meaning, and of future? So rebuilding trust is really one of the, the starting points. And in your article in particular, you go into, and I know you've just made mention of those, those kind of three levels at which trust has been broken. Would you mind going into a little bit more of a description around what are those three levels? So what does it look like at organizational, at team and at individual level? In your opinion, has this been broken already and what impact are we seeing this have? So when I think of an organization, just by way of example, that I was working with and I think of the dynamics of those teams. So they're really grappling with the teams are not cooperating. There's there's a lot of silo mentality. There's self-protection. There's withholding of information and ideas. There's a lot of political games, in-groups, out-groups, even a lot of blaming and backstabbing. And I think that's a natural spiral, a negative spiral, when we fear that we might lose our job or our livelihood, or even that we are just so uncertain, we hold on to what we do know. And what we do know might actually not be what we need to know. And certainly in times of change and complexity, we need the exact opposite. This is where we need all hands on deck. We need an openness to experimenting, to new ideas, to innovation, to trying new things, to to actually having each other's back. You know, it's in these times of challenge that we really want to feel that our team has our back, that if we're having a bad day, that we can actually have the support or whether we have a good idea that will be heard. So I'm seeing actually that on a team level, that's a dynamic, on a individual level, this is where I think it also becomes a sense of I'm going to going into fight, flight or freeze. So it really is about self-protection and how do I just get through the day and support myself. And then leaders on a team level have gone, some have gone into a sense of when there is low trust, then can I rely on my team member to work? Will they deliver? We see one extreme of micromanaging, of byware, of tracking. Can I trust a person's working from home? Do I need to step in? Must I do the work myself. So we see this one dynamic on the one hand of micromanaging, but on the other hand, we sometimes see an absence of leadership where team leaders are just getting through their own days of meeting business as usual results and performance, let alone connecting with their team and supporting them. So some feel a complete absence. So here I am even more isolated, working at home and not having a sense of what's the direction and are we connecting as a team and where is my leader taking us to? Is what I'm doing relevant and uh, adding value? So this dynamic between those three levels can't be ignored. And in fact, when I've seen organizations address or try and address these dynamics, often they only lean in to an individual level. So they often say, well, if each you know individual just spoke up more, then we could change the dynamic. And that's not respecting then that in fact, there is a relationship then with how the 
Leader is leading the team. That is both a process and a skill for leadership. How do we rebuild trust and how do we build psychological safety? And on an organizational level, do we even have a sense of what we are demanding of individuals at these times? And what systems and processes can we put in place to support cross-team, cross-functional collaboration, to support innovation and trying, which of course is a higher risk, but with higher rewards. And how do we support open communication and time to connect as a team, which we've lost from working from home? So these three levels really do play into one another, both in the negative spiral. But for me, this is about let's rebuild so we can get to a baseline at all three levels. So it's a much more sustainable way of working in a new culture of psychological safety, which is much more sustainable and needed for all of us. As you say, we're in the third wave, but I was just reading an article this morning about the fourth wave and the new variant. So this is not going away quickly. And organizations are transforming in the face of digital transformation and futures thinking in any event. Pandemic definitely accelerated this, but we were we were on track for these changes. We were just, you know, taking taking our time with them and taking them in our stride. And then and then of course the, the pandemic came along and we had to switch almost overnight. So it has been in a massive amount of change, but from where we are now to to pretty much, I think broken is a, a really good word. Trust is broken. A lot of us feel broken, you know. But how do mm-hmm. we go about really rebuilding that at each of these mm-hmm. three levels? I think it's also an interesting question of chicken or egg. Where do we start? But I think that's where the overlap and um, really being intentional about all three levels really pays off. Where I've seen a new leader come into an organization and she, for example, just made that commitment from an organizational level saying this way of working, this culture, this broken trust really won't serve anybody going forward. So there's there does need to be some commitment at a CEO, MD, head of organizational level to say we are committing to actually work to a new culture of psychological safety, of collaboration, of innovation, of connection. And as you say, many organizations are on that path, but it does take a putting a stake in the ground saying that means I will look at um, our systems and processes that form that culture. You know, every day, how do we meet? How do we manage teams in a hybrid or work from home situation? How transparent and regular and frequent are our communications? How do we allow space for teams to collaborate? And that might mean managing uh, innovation at the same time as, as putting business as usual results first. So do you set up separate teams for innovation? Do you give more time and space to cross-collaboration? All of this building the trust account. And that would be really at an organizational level. So how is this supporting our strategy going forward and how can we really be quite firm, allow for the space and time and processes to support it? But then on a leadership level, I think there's two things. I think the one is on a personal level as well to build my leadership awareness around the patterns I might be putting in place, to build my own skills around how to work in a psychologically safe way, how to how to actually manage a process with a team where you might have a clearing process, where you actually allow for open expression, where you're allowed to forgive and heal and move on. You know, these are capacities we don't necessarily have in our previous way of leading. So it's a skills um, as well as a personal reflection and awareness, uh, as well as having a process to support leaders to move through this. And so if you have, for example, a way of bringing leaders together 
and you build skills, but you give them a safe space, um, a sanctuary, a space for their own reflection and learning that can really guide and support uh, leaders to manage themselves, but as, as well as manage their teams. And then on an individual level, I think there is a lot of need for self-compassion and self-care and not in a way that is additive, you know, not about adding now you need to do all these extra things, but really just to acknowledge um, how difficult it has been actually and to give space for that vulnerability in teams um, and to give space for expression. In fact, it's Zach that talks about the importance of oxytocin, that do we have spaces where individuals feel that they are supported and safe because that's where you will start building trust. <clears throat> and um, as well as uh, giving that space, it's also allowing individuals um, some rest and some boundaries to manage that balance between work and personal care and life. So I know I've said a lot there, but that really is if simultaneously you can be having the commitment on an organizational level, you can be working with leaders in their own safe circles and spaces to grow and to practice these new behaviors and to step into it. And then with individuals, again, to give spaces for them as well as um, to look at them, their emotional and their practical needs and to structure it that they're not feeling this just relentless overwhelm um, is so important. Absolutely. And I suppose the added complexity there is we're going to have to learn how to do all of this, you know, over over a digital means or in the virtual world as well. Yes. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I have the battle of the camera going on and I'm <laughs> with leadership teams saying, if you don't have your camera on, you can't connect. So I think there are, you know, simple ways that we can just start um showing ourselves and not, and really stepping into the into the digital space to connect uh, to connect online and and you know we forget that we can also contact people individually and we can um, check in with people how is the team doing we can um, we can do um, I'm see it's, it's so lovely when some organizations have been sending care packages or just gestures of support because what we're needing is consistent acts of benevolence. We're needing consistent communication. We're needing to prove that this is here to stay. It's not just a once-off gesture. And uh, and there are lovely ways to do that that I think we've been learning along the way. Absolutely. Just those small acts of, of compassion and kindness. And, you know, I always think people often confuse self-care with, you know, especially women, having a, a lovely bath. But that's not... That's not in essence what it's about, you know. So it is also about at an individual level kind of, you know, learning what's going to inspire you a little bit or allow you to act more compassionate towards yourself and, and just doing a little bit more of that or at least being mindful to to build some of that into your day. And I think that already starts to just to give you a little bit more of a resilience boost to enable you to take that next step to reach out, to build those connections and do those things that are going to, you know, create a more trusting environment for yourself. Mm, yeah, that makes so much sense. And then how do we help people reach out when they are feeling this isolated mm. and uh, left out? So where are those safe spaces and how can we help set them up and connect regularly? And of course, balancing all the all the work from home issues too come into play there. 
And so even more important that we have uh, some reprieve almost at work as opposed to it's it's another um, absolute command on our time and attention. Absolutely. Fantastic. Sarah, thank you. I've really enjoyed our, our time together today. Uh, thank you so much for sharing with us on psychological safety. I think it really is is key. And I know that you uh, run several uh, coaching circles and, and leadership circles. And essentially, the information will be on talenttalks.net if anybody would like to get into contact with you. But I think it's a fantastic uh, program that you run and fantastic work that you're doing. So thank you very much. Thank you so much.